Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, everybody. Good morning and welcome uh, to Coastal Community Church. I am Pastor Chris. Uh, welcome to those of you who are watching online. As always, thank you for tuning in and engaging and being a part of our community uh, near and far. But as I, as I like to say, if you're near... We'd love to see you in person joining all these beautiful people here today. Thank you so much. Um, I am uh, Pastor Chris. Uh, man, we had a great Mother's Day last week, didn't we, here at Coastal? Uh, a lot of fun. If you didn't, moms, if you didn't get your hat, uh, see Rachel, see Ashley. I think go over to guest services, and uh, we have a hat for you today. It says Chaos Coordinator on it. I don't know what that means, but uh, evidently that applies to you. No, no, we all know what that means. Um, hey, uh, today we are continuing on in this series uh, that we've been calling Living in Victory. And uh, we're going verse by verse uh, through the 23rd Psalm. And we've been talking about seven of the most common causes of stress and pain and frustration in people's lives and how to live in victory over them. And uh, we've already talked about uh, worry, busyness, and uh, last week, a damaged heart, a damaged soul. So today, we are going to talk about the stress that is caused by indecision, indecision. So I want you to get your thinking caps on just for a moment. I want you to raise your hand if you have had to make what you would consider to be a major decision in like the last year. Raise your hand. A major decision. Wow. I know, a lot of you, right? Uh, decision making is an unavoidable part of life, right? Every day you got decisions to make. You got choices uh, to make. Now, some of them are pretty trivial, aren't they? Just your everyday decisions, right? You don't have to think about it. You know, which TV show uh, am, am I going to watch, right? You know, will I use deodorant today, right? You know, these are just trivial decisions you kind of take for granted. But some of them are a little bit more major, aren't they? Uh, will I get married? Who will I marry? You know, will we have children? Where will we live? Where should I work? These are major, you know, decisions, major considerations. So life really is a series of choices and decisions. And in many ways, success in life is basically a matter of making wise decisions. But every decision has consequences, right? Every one. And because we're all human, which means we are prone to make mistakes, decision-making can be very, very stressful. And some of you right now are in the middle of, you're, you're in the, the stress of indecision. And uh, you're facing maybe a major decision. You know, should I, you know, get in or should I get out? Should I let go or should I hold on? You know, should I take that new job? Should we get married? Should we move? And the stress of indecision begins to get to you. Now, sometimes, even after you make a decision, you start second-guessing yourself, don't you? Did I do the right thing? Was that the right move? And that causes all kinds of unbelievable stress. Now, there are a few things that cause more stress than when you just can't make up your mind, you know, when you don't know which way to turn. Now, for some people, maybe some of you here today, just looking at a menu is like a major crisis for you, isn't it? 
You know, point your finger at the person next to you if that's if I'm describing them, right? Um, which reminds me, of, of course, that reminds me that you know, if you're dating or if you're married, what is the biggest, most frequently frustrating decision that you have to make? What is it? That's right. What's for dinner? Where are we going out for dinner? You know, and then and then you play this little game, right? You play a game. Well, I decided last time. So you have to decide this time. And it's like, no, no, no. And it's like some of you have gotten to the point where you even keep a chart, like a graph, right, of who, who decided last time. And then you, then you even up it a little bit. You're like, okay, you give me three choices and I'll eliminate one. How many of you play that game, right? Or then, guys, does your wife or your girlfriend just, I mean, you know, they, they go there, right? They, they emasculate you and say, just be a man and make a decision, Right? They pull that on you. Janet never does that. No, I'm just teasing. Anyway, um, but obviously, you know, those aren't major decisions, right? But all of us, all of us either will or have in the near future have to make a major decision. And I'm just thinking about some of the groups that I'm in and some of the stories that I've heard. I mean, you know, maybe there's a member of your family with a disease or illness and you're called upon to make an important decision. Um, things are looking bleak at work. You know, your future is unclear. What do you do? Your child's struggling at school, and the teachers say one thing, physicians say another thing, counselor says yet another, and the decision, though, is yours. You know, you really thought you loved this person. You know, y'all were so happy, and uh, people at work are just saying, hey, don't, you know, just get out or get a divorce, and, but they don't have to live with the consequences, do they? And there's, you know, children involved. It's not that easy. You know, buying a home, seeing a doctor, changing jobs, raising a family, moving. You know, these are all just the, the tip of the iceberg of decisions that we're forced to make every day, and they can be a source of unbelievable amounts of, of stress. So is there an answer to that? Is there an antidote, you know, to that kind of stress that comes from decision-making? Well, I think there is, and I want us to talk about it today. It comes from the second part of Psalm 23, verse 3. It says this, He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. You see, the answer to the stress of decision-making is to let God guide you. You know, to bring him in on the process. You see, the good shepherd not only feeds you, but he leads you. He not only provides, but he guides. He not only protects, but he directs. And God is saying, listen, I will, if you'll let me, I'll let, I will guide you through this life. I will direct you onto the right path if you trust me. Today, David might say, he keeps me on track. Now, some of you might say, hey, Pastor Chris, I've tried this. You know, you, you've asked God to guide you and to direct you, but it feels like it's even more confusing, and you can't figure it out. So why? Why is, you know, knowing God's will so hard? Why is it so difficult? You know, is God, you know, playing games with you? Is he just playing hide and seek? No, no. You know, does he get some kind of perverse pleasure just by watching you struggle through the maze of life, wondering, you know, what you're supposed to do. No, absolutely not. In fact, God wants to guide you. I think he wants to guide you more than you want to be guided. 
God wants you to know his will more than you want to know it. Now, one problem, though, is we're often looking for the wrong thing when it comes to trying to understand God's will. Now, some people, there's, there's a lot of different approaches is what I'm saying. And some people, I think, go for the, the mystical approach, right? They're looking for a feeling, you know, a feeling. You know, others of you are a little bit more logical. You know, you want a methodical approach to God's will, a, a mechanical approach. You want somebody to, you know, to give you a recipe, to give you a formula. You want me to give you a message today on nine, you know, ways to always know God's will for your life. And then there's others of you, you know, you kind of go for the, uh, the magical approach. You're wanting God to give you a sign, you know, to hit you overhead with a brick, you know, for, just to, for him to just to show you. Now, the truth is, all of those ways can lead to a lot of frustration. And I think even cause people to miss God's will, to miss the path that he wants to direct you on. Because ultimately, God's will, it's not a feeling, it's not a formula, and it's nothing for you to be frustrated about or to be fearful about. Ultimately, I think God's will really is found in a relationship. So I kind of, this is what I want to talk about today. How do you know it? You know, the, the right path. How do I let God guide me? onto the right path and to help me with this, the stress of indecision. So number one, first of all, you just need to admit that I need a guide. I admit it, I admit I need a guide. Now, this is tough though. This is tough, this is hard especially for men, right? Because when we're lost, do we wanna stop and ask for directions? Absolutely not, right? It, it is not the nature of a man to stop and to ask for directions. So what happens? We get lost. You know, we stumble, we get confused. Truthfully, we are just like sheep. Because sheep, by nature, tend to wander. They tend to get off the path. And they need a shepherd. And so do we. Look at this verse, Isaiah 53, 6. All of us, like sheep, have what? What does it say? Straight away. We have left God's paths, there it is, to follow our own. Now that's, this right here, this is the real problem of why we don't understand God's will, why we don't know it. The fact is that most of the time, we don't want to follow God. We don't want to go his way. We don't want to go get on his path. We want to go our way. We don't want to admit that we need direction. Now you might not know this about sheep, but sheep are terribly nearsighted, okay, they're nearsighted. They can't see very far. In fact, instead of saying, you know, he or she is blind as a bat, you could say they are blind as a sheep, okay, because that's, that's how sheep are. They don't know, like they're on a path and they actually can't see if that path is going to lead them off a cliff or lead them into the fire. They need a shepherd to guide them. That's what David is saying here. We, we're like sheep. We can't see very far into the future. I mean, we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, much less next year, 10 years from now. So why, why did God do that? So that we would depend on him. So we'd enter into this relationship with him. So we could allow him to be our guide. So that's the first step, is just to come clean and to humbly admit it, God, I need your help. 
I need your direction. In fact, Psalm 25, 9 says, he guides the who? The humble and what is right and teaches them his way. The humble. That means that I admit it. You know, I need direction. I need a guide. I need a shepherd. Number two, ask in faith for directions. Ask in faith for directions. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, 7, Jesus said, Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Circle the verbs there in that, in, that word, in that verse there. Ask, seek, knock. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but what do the first three letters of those words spell? What do they spell? Ask. Ask. God wants you to learn to ask. James 1, 5 and 6 tells us, in fact, how we should get wisdom. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should what? What's it say? Ask God. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is, you know, the ability to see life from God's point of view. Wisdom is the, uh, the ability to make decisions the, the way God wants us to make decisions. It's, to be, it's the ability to, you know, to walk his path. And he says, ask God who generously, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. In other words, listen, our good shepherd, our loving heavenly father, he is willing to give wisdom, he is waiting to give wisdom, he wants to give you wisdom, but you've got to ask for it. And then when you ask, you've got to ask in faith. You've got to believe. You've got to expect an answer. Number three, listen for God's response. Listen for God's response. Now, think about this for a second. Right now in this room, this room is filled, you can't see it, but all different kinds of you know, radio waves and Wi-Fi, television, all different kinds of messages and signals are, are in this room. And they're, they're going across this room right now. You can't see them, but if you had the proper reception, you could tune in and you could hear it, you could see it, you could watch it. You know, a, a radio, a, you know, your, your mobile device could pick up the reception. Why? Because it was made by its creator to pick up those signals, to pick up those waves. Well, guess what? Ultimately, God designed you to hear his voice. When you become a believer, when you become a Christian, there is a receiver in you, and you get guidance from God. That receiver, he is the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't hear God, then one of several things is is true. A, you have the receptor turned off. You know, or you've, you've not yet established a relationship with God. Or you, you're away from it. You know, you're, you're not tuned in. You're not listening to it. In other words, how can you hear God and hear his voice and hear his message and learn about his path if you're not spending any time with him? Or you're just on the wrong channel completely. You know, God's on like channel 13. You're on channel 4. You're not going to pick it up. Now, the Bible says that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. And we'll, you know, quote that verse a lot. We'll talk, oh, you know, God wants to give me what I want. He wants to give me the desires of my heart. But that is dependent on your heart becoming more and more in line with God's heart and his heart for you. 
And so if you're not asking for wisdom, spending time in God's word and in, his pr- in, in, in prayer, and if you're not being obedient to the things he's already told you to do, then, the desi- then your desires and God's desires are not going to be the same. And you're not going to hear him when he speaks. See, God speaks all the time. He's trying to get your attention all the time. Typically, we're just not tuned in. In fact, Job 33, 14 says it. It says, for God speaks when? Again and again. Though people do not recognize it. Why? Because we're not tuned in. Now, let's talk about that. So, what are the channels that God uses? I think there's all different kinds of channels that God uses to speak to us. The Bible Pastors and teachers, impressions, circumstances, experiences, pain. But he doesn't speak the same way all the time. Now, I do believe this. The primary way that God speaks to us is through his word, the Bible. That is the primary way. The primary way God speaks is through his word, the Bible. Now, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't you love to have uh, God, you would love to have God's advice on a regular basis as, you know, as a consultant for your life, for your family, for your well-being. The reality is we have it. You've got to start reading his word on a regular basis. People say, well, you know, I asked God for wisdom, but nothing happened. And my response is, how often are you reading his book, the Bible? I mean, isn't it silly to ask God for wisdom and then not refer to the guidebook that he's given you? So we base our life on the Bible. Listen, God wants you to grow to the place of maturity where you know the principles of life out of his word, and then you make decisions based on those principles. Parents, let me ask you a question. Can you imagine your kids calling you up when uh, they're in their 30s, and they're asking you, Mom, Dad, should I brush my teeth today? I mean, you'd think they were crazy, right? I mean, that that would be ridiculous because you taught them the principles of dental hygiene when they were little kids. And yet, as adults, some of us might as well be asking God, should we brush our teeth when we're wondering about decisions that are as plain as day in his word? Should I have sex before marriage? Should I pay my debts? Should I have this affair? Should I start tithing? Should I discipline my children? Let me, let me make two statements about God's will. God's will is found in God's word. God's will is found in God's word. That's how you know it. If you're not reading his book, you're not gonna know much about God's will for your life. And then secondly, God's will is never contrary to God's word. It's never contrary to God's word. You know, most, most of the direction that you and I need for life is already found in God's word. It is a roadmap, a a guidebook for life. And if you don't read it, if you don't take it in and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you read and study and memorize his word, you're gonna get lost. You know, You need to read this book every day. If if, if you don't, it's almost like you've just turned your phone off, right? And somebody can't get through to you. 
God can't get through to you. You've got to fill your mind with his word. Read it, study it, memorize it. I also think that God speaks to us through, through pastors and teachers who are preaching and speaking on God's word. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in church and felt like the sermon, the message, was specifically meant for you that day? In fact, let me go a step further. Raise your hand if you have personally felt like that as I was preparing a sermon that week, I must have had your picture on my desk that week as I was preparing that sermon, right? Yeah, or that maybe I was bugging your house, following you around. You know what my answer typically is? I am. Alexa, that's me. I am. I hear everything. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that God uses pastors and teachers to speak to us. But here's what I also believe. God does that through every believer. I think God speaks through you. If you'll stay in tune with him, learn his word, sometimes God will use you to say things to people that he wants to say to them. You know, it's, it's nothing real fancy, only reserved for, you know, pastors or those who went to Bible college or seminary. No. God speaks through believers at different times. Listen, in the Old Testament, if God can literally speak through an ass, okay, a donkey, he can speak through you, okay, and me. He can. So he does that through every believer. Listen, by the way, that's one of the reasons why I don't want to miss church. You know, so many turning points in my own life, major decisions, major uh, you know, turning points happened when I was listening to a pastor or a teacher speak from God's word. You know, when the doors of the church are open, man, I want to be there. Because I'm thinking, what if God prepared that message for me and I don't show up? God uses teachers and pastors to speak to us. God also speaks through Impressions, ideas, inspirations. Now, there are a, a couple of extremes here. I, I, I realize that, and I think we ought to bring this up for a second. The, there is the rationalist, right, who says, well, God never speaks through impressions. He only speaks through his word. And then there is the mystic who thinks, well, every impression is from God. That's obviously not true. I mean, you might just have had a bad burrito last night, Right? I mean, God can give all kinds of impressions, but so can gas. <laughs> it is, you know, and, and so can the devil, by the way. The devil gives impressions. That's why you got to test it. Again, God's will is never contrary to God's word. But God does use circumstances to speak to us. I think one of the major things that God uses is pain, hardship. Somebody once told me that God whispers to us in our pleasure but he shouts to us in our pain. That Proverbs 20, 30 says, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. How many of you are a testimony to that, right? Again, God's speaking all the time. The question is, are your ears on? You know, are you listening? Because if you listen, if you tune in, he will lead you, it says here, onto the right path. And if, you're, if you don't get in tune with God on a regular basis, a daily basis, sometimes a moment-by-moment -moment basis, you're going to miss it. Because here's the truth. Following your own path, going your own way, it typically leads to brokenness. 
broken lives, broken dreams, broken homes. We've got a world today that is broken and falling apart because people are not tuned in with God, following the path that he wants them to follow. Now, sometimes God will lead you in a path that doesn't make sense to you. And it might involve tragedy, crisis, and a lot of pain. And sometimes the path that God has designed for your life is going to be very hard to understand, which leads to number four. Trust God even when I don't understand. Trust God when I don't understand. You know, the, the perfect example of that really is the children of Israel. You know, when they were finally set free from Egypt after 400 years of slavery. You know, Moses, you know, goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And then finally, you know, after all the plagues, Pharaoh's had enough. And he basically tells them, hey, get out. Get out now. And so the whole nation starts marching toward freedom. And then the first thing they come to in front of them is the Red Sea. And then on both sides of them, there's a mountain range that is uncrossable. So again, in front of them is an ocean, and behind them now in hot pursuit is the Egyptian army that has changed its mind and has decided to come after them and slaughter them all. So was God wrong? You know, what's he going to do now? Because the path that he led them on, it looks like a dead end. But God knew exactly what he was going to do. He was preparing them for a miracle. He hadn't made a mistake because he could see what they could not see. He opened up the Red Sea and they walked through. In fact, years later, the Israelites looked back on this and in Psalm 77, 19, they said, your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. And some of you are facing dead ends right now, a dead end financially, emotionally, relationally, but it's not, it's not really a wall, it's a door. You see, God can see what you can't see. The path you're on right now may be the one that is dark and discouraging, and you think there is no way this is ever going to work out. But if you'll keep trusting God, if you'll keep taking next steps in faith and trust him, when you don't see a way, he can make a way. It might be that God is preparing you for a miracle, but you can't see it and you won't experience it because you're not tuned in. You're not trusting him. You're too busy building your own life raft, trying to get to the other side in your own strength and in your own power, or you've decided just to surrender to the army and go back to Egypt. Proverbs 4.18 says this, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining brighter, ever brighter, till the light, till the full light of day. What's he talking about there? Let me ask you, think about it. You know, when when dawn comes up, in the early, early hours of the morning, right? When dawn first comes up, is it fully bright yet? No, of course not. But as the day goes on, it becomes what? Brighter and brighter. So the correlation is one day, 
We will stand in the full light of eternity and God's glory, and you will see why God chose that particular path for you, that mystery, that crisis. Now that you can see no value in, one day in the full light of the glory of God, you'll understand. It'll become clearer and clearer. You'll see God's purpose for the path that he chose for you. So what do you do in the meantime? We do what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. I mean, break that down for a second. First of all, it says trust. Like like we said, trust in the Lord. Keep taking that next step of faith. And he says, lean not on your own understanding. What what in the world is that? You know, the truth is, you and I are not going to understand most of the things that happen in life until we get to heaven. So never judge the path that God leads you on until you get to the end. Have patience. One day you'll realize why it's all happening. I mean, all those problems and heartaches and difficulties and delays, those thorns in the flesh, physical ailments, all the stuff of life where you say, why? One day it'll be clear in the light of the love of God. But in the meantime, lean not on your own understanding. And then he says, in all your ways, submit to him. In other words, be obedient now to what you know you should be doing according to God's will. You know, so often we're, you know, we're concerned about this over here and what, what God's plan is over here in this area of my life. And then there's like these five things over here that the reality is we know we should be doing and we're not. In all your ways, submit to him. You know, again, one day you're going to stand before God and he's going to say, did you take the path that I led you on? And if you say, no. I did it my way. Then he's going to say, then have it your way. And your way doesn't lead to heaven. The path that God has for you, it leads home. It leads to him. The path that we want to go down, it doesn't lead to God. You know, the Bible even says that. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. Now, obviously, part of God's path for your life today was to be here at Coastal. So I believe that. I don't think you're here by coincidence. I think you're here by God's providence. And maybe God brought you here today so that Jesus could say to you, you matter to me. I made you, I love you, I died for you. I have a a plan and a path for your life. I know where I want you to end up in life, and if you'll let me, I'll get you there safely. I want to walk with you through it. You will never walk alone if you'll just let me hold your hand and be your guide. See, I think the ultimate question is, Whose path are you going to follow? You're going to follow your path? 
or God's. God's path, the path of righteousness. Let me, let me be really honest with you. It's not always the convenient path. It's not necessarily the, the easy path, the most popular path, the path that's going to make you the most money or be the, the least risky. Well, Pastor Chris, why in the world then should I follow God's path? Proverbs 12, 28. The way of the godly leads to life. That path does not lead to death. In other words, yours does. You know, what do we, what do we say all the time here at Coastal? Our purpose is to share and experience the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. Leads to life. God is saying, you go my way. You get abundant, joy-filled life here and now on this side of eternity. And then on that side, you get eternal life. Go your way. Go the way that you think seems right to you. In the end, it will lead to death. And that's your choice. You know, the, the stress of indecision, causing you pain and worry and frustration. Is that, is that what you're experiencing right now? If so, admit you need a guide. Ask in faith for directions. Listen to God's response and trust him even when you don't understand it. Come home. That's the path for you. The, the path, God's path leads, it leads home. And the first step on that path is Jesus. He is the one that's, that's leading you home. He is the good shepherd. And you could come home today. It's as simple and yet as beautiful and wonderful as faith. Why not take that step of faith today? You know, I know some of you are thinking, again, that it's just a long road home. It's not. That path home starts with one step, one step of faith. And then Jesus makes up the distance. He runs to you. God makes up the distance. He, he already made up the distance through the death, burial, and the resurrection of his son, Jesus. You can come home today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that we have a shepherd who not only protects, but he directs. He not only provides, but he guides. Father, I pray today that we would be humble enough to admit that we need help, we need guidance, we need direction. And Father, then I pray that we would um, we tune in, we'd listen to your voice, we would be obedient, we would take those next steps, those things that you've already called us to be obedient in, or that we would uh, spend time with you. Instead of looking for a feeling or a formula, that we would, we would just dive into this relationship with you, that we would listen to your voice, that we would read your word and apply it to our lives. And Father, I also pray that we would trust you even when we don't understand that we don't know the end of the story yet. 
and that you can use even the even the heartache and the pain that happens into our life, you can use it for our good and your glory. And I pray that you would find us faithful. Listen, if you're here today and you're ready to come home, you're ready to take that next step of faith, just pour your heart out to God right now and just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit it, I have gone my own way. But today I turn around, I humbly admit where I've been, And I take that step of faith toward you. I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he paid the price of my sin. I believe that he went to the cross for me. And I believe that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And today, Father, I I put my faith and my trust in him and him alone. And I just want to follow from from this day forward. I want to listen to your voice. I want to take next steps. And I want to walk on the path that you've laid before me. Thank you, Father. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.